Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. The opposite of edification is tear down. So when you're thinking about how do you know the difference between a sheep and a wolf, a sheep builds up the church, a wolf tears down the church, right? In Proverbs 6.16, he said, These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are an abomination to him, and one who sows discord among the brethren. In other words, God hates someone who comes into a church and sows discord. What is that? Well, it's when they're just you know, stirring up trouble, right? Instead of stirring up love and good works, they're stirring up trouble. One of the ways that wolves get in and cloak their envy is through constructive criticism, right? And and so not to say that we shouldn't improve, we should do that. And it's not always that way. It's not always, you know, cloaking envy. But, uh, But when people come in and like, oh, did you see how he did that? I can't believe he said that. Can you believe she did that? Oh, do you believe the way Susan's running VBS? I mean, all those kids getting saved. I mean, I can't believe it. Right, 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 whatever. I mean, I don't know what people say, but, you know, they just, like, you know, they just begin to cause trouble. Well, the Bible says envy and self-seeking, every evil thing is there. Now, most of us probably think it's no big deal to be envious or jealous, but obviously to God it is. Now, the key to overcoming envy is to find satisfaction in Jesus and not trying to find some position at work or at school or at church uh, to make yourself you know, feel fulfilled, but just to draw close to the Lord. The Lord wants to give you a, a, a peace and a satisfaction that fills that void so you don't have to be envious, right? And John, James 4, 8 says like this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, right? And that's so good. That's, that's what we get together every, every Wednesday, every Saturday and Sunday. We have church, we worship, we spend time in his word, we pray for one another, we have small groups because it gives you opportunity to come and seek the Lord with other people and to want to draw near to the Lord. But then it's also important that you do it alone, at home. Read your Bible and pray and seek the Lord. Verse 9, lest I seem to terrify you by letters, for his letter, they say, are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech is contemptible. So the troublemakers in the, in the church in Corinth were saying, well, the Apostle Paul writes big letters, but he's really a short little bow-legged Jew, right? And who is he? Uh, verse 11, And Paul says, let such a person consider this, that what we are in word by letters when we were absent, such we will also be indeed when we are present. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who who commend themselves, but they measure themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Now this is important. Verse 12, God's word tells us, if you compare yourself to other people, you're a fool. We shouldn't be comparing ourselves, right? Some Christians compare themselves to other people, and as a result, they think they're better than they really are. Because you can always find some ding-dong who's less spiritual than you are and say, oh, look at that goofball. I'm way better than they are, right? And, and I'm really awesome because look at that ding-dong. He doesn't know which way's up. <laughs> and, but that's not how we measure ourselves, right? That's not our yardstick that we use. Who is our ultimate example of measuring where we're at in our spiritual journey? Well, Jesus, right? John 13, Jesus said, 
After that, he poured water into the basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, and wiped them with the towel with which he was girded. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. So Jesus is saying, I'm your example. And what was he doing? He was serving people, right? Did they do anything to earn Jesus washing their feet? No. Did they deserve it? No. So when you think about measuring your spiritual life, are you serving people who've done nothing for you and nothing to, to deserve or earn your, your blessing, yet you're doing it, right? And that's the example or the measuring stick that we should be using when we are loving people like Jesus loves us. Now, when that's your measuring stick, uh, you, you don't get up and say, I don't need to read my Bible and pray because I'm awesome. I don't need to go to church on Wednesday. I'm awesome. Well, who are you compared to? I saw this homeless dude, and I went and talked to him three questions about Jesus, and he's awful. That means I'm awesome, right? I mean, it's like, that's not how we measure things, right? Uh, so, God's word is like a mirror, and it helps us see the truth about ourselves. And I love this about the Bible. I mean, it's so awesome. You know, before you're a Christian, you have no clue who you are or what you're doing or where you're going, why you're here. You have, you're just an idiot when you're not saved, right? I mean, you don't know anything. Uh, you're just chasing the end of a rainbow. If I get this, I'll be happy. If I get that, I'll be happy. But the Bible is like a mirror that shows us the truth about ourselves. James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. And if anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless, right? So when you look into the word of God, it, it really helps you to see who you really are, right? It helps you to see, am I, you know, who God wants me to be? And what does God want me to be? And where am I in reality, right? So then you know what you need to pray about. Whether your issue is forgiveness or bitterness or anger or selfishness or greed or pride or selfishness, whatever it might be, then when you read God's word, he shows you, oh, and, and I love that about the Bible. When, you, when I'm reading through the Bible and it comes to a section about forgiveness or pride or something, and then the Lord reminds me, oh, you know how you acted the other day with that person? Bob, I don't like that. I don't want you to do that. Okay, Lord, forgive me for that, whatever it was. And it's so good because the Lord wants to transform us. That's why it's so important to read God's word. It shows you the truth about yourself. Uh, and he goes on in verse 13. We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. So Paul's saying that, uh, you know, God has appointed me to come here. He started the church in Corinth, right? And he doesn't want any more power or influence than God appointed him and God gave him to have. Uh, so he's just saying that God picked me, God put me in this spot, and so it doesn't really matter what you people say about it. In Psalm 75, the Bible says, exaltation comes neither from the east or from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts one down and exalts another. In other words, the Bible says God puts people in places, right? He lifts people up. He puts people down. And verse 14, Paul goes on and says, for we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. So uh, Paul's reminding them that God used him to come to Corinth when there were no churches, and he preached the gospel, and he started the church in Corinth, right? And as God's children, you know, Paul's saying, yeah, you know, God puts people into positions of authority, and we need to respect that. And I think, uh, you know, that's important because we live in a society that's now becoming more and more lawless. I mean, I talked to two people on Sunday 
who moved here from Portland this week, and they told me that the lawlessness is so bad there, someone got murdered in their front yard. And, and like, it just seems normal in Lawlessville, right? I asked them, why'd you move here? And like, do we have to say anymore? <laughs> they didn't say that, but, right? I mean, just lawlessness is what's going, and, and that's why we live in an Idaho. But, but the Bible says in Romans 13, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So, you know, we realize that even Jesus himself submitted to authority, right? Remember when they said he needed to pay taxes? Uh, he didn't say, hey, look, I made the planet. I don't need to pay taxes. He could have said that, but he didn't say that, right? He said, hey, go get a fish. There'll be a some money in that, right? But as followers of Christ, we don't want to be rebellious people who are rebellion to authority, to civil authority, church authority, your supervisor at work, whatever. And, you know, Peter tells us uh, there in 2 Peter 2.10, he said uh, when he was talking about, you know, the mark of a carnal Christian, he says, and especially those who walk according to the flesh, again, a carnal, fleshly Christian, in the lust of uncleanness and despising authority, they are presumptuous and self-will. So, despising despising authority, not wanting to submit to authority is part of the carnal flesh nature. Submitting to authority is the biblical truth that God wants for all of us. And and remember, they wrote that back when the church was being persecuted by the Roman government, right? Uh, When God was telling us to keep ourselves in the place where he can bless us in Jude 1, he said, likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, rejecting authority, speaking evil of dignitaries. They are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, these are sensual persons who cause division. So rejecting authority goes along with being carnal, fleshly, a complainer, stirring up trouble. And so Paul says, that's not what God wants. Verse 15, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that is your faith, your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. So preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, uh, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. So Paul's saying to them, you know, we came to Corinth where there was nobody preaching the gospel there and we started the church there. And he's saying, look, you people come along where Paul had already preached and came in after he left. And so he's saying the question, why don't you go start a work where there's no one preaching the gospel, right? Paul didn't go to Jerusalem to start churches. Where did Paul go? He went out to the world where there was no one preaching the gospel. And so what Paul's saying is, hey, look, I'm not going to build on somebody else's work. I'm going to go out and preach the gospel where no one's preaching. And so uh, even for me, when I moved to Caldwell, I remember thinking, well, I, don't, I shouldn't move to Caldwell because there's already Calvary Boise, and people in Caldwell can drive to Boise. And then I was talking to Pastor Bob Caldwell at the time, who was the pastor at Calvary Boise, and he said, no, there are people who live in Caldwell who think it's too far to drive from Caldwell to Boise. They want a church in their own town. There's no Calvary Chapel there. And so he encouraged me. He said, I'll pray for you, and I encourage you to go out there and do it. And I thought, okay, because, I mean, I didn't want to go somewhere where there was already some. I mean, that, that just seems so weird. And that's what Paul's saying to these people. Why would someone go start a church right next door to another church and want to take the people out of their church and put them in that church, right? I mean, that's just carnal. I mean, that's not biblical. And so... Uh, that's what Paul's saying to him. And he goes on to say, verse 17, but he who glories, let him glory in the Lord, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. In other words, uh, if you're going to glory in something, you can be prideful about something, be prideful that, you, that the Lord shows you, that you know him. And, and then he says, look, it's not what you think about yourself that matters, it's what God thinks about you. And how do you know what God thinks about you? Well, you just look in the mirror of the Bible. You look in God's word, and God 
helps us to see where we're at. So we're going to have to stop there because we're out of time. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we do pray that you help all of us to, to take these truths that we've read tonight. And Lord, that you would just cause them to go into our hearts and transform us. Lord, to do that work in us that, that we can't do for ourselves. And we're so thankful, Lord, that you love us. And Lord, you desire, Lord, to fill us with your spirit and your power to have victory and, and to experience success in life. And so we thank you for your word. Thank you for this time tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Community Christmas Eve services on Sunday, December 24th at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. This is a great way to celebrate the birth of Christ. Festivities will include the singing of Christmas carols with a contemporary feel and a message from Pastor Bob Larson. For more information, visit us at our website at calvarycaldwell.com, like us on Facebook, and may the Lord bless you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day.